0: I doubt if there is any problem, social, political, or economic, that would not melt away before the fire of such a spiritual
1: undertaking. Was an said don't answer so many uh, questions that your mind falls out?
2: Don't have such don't have uh keep an open mind but not so open that your brain falls out i think there you go
1: so just when someone says i'm just asking questions bro be like yeah yeah That obese english guy said i shouldn't and they'll be like churchill and be like whatever yeah exactly not (laughs) sure (laughs) (laughs) um so how are you doing peter with the um the dodgers like a boy band like a korean boy brand oh my gosh not even good at English. Yeah, I'm. I'm dying. It's like over a, band, it's I, a boy band being broken up, man. Soon I I hate it because
2: it was so much fun watching Cody Bellinger be a hero in LA. He had so many amazing plays, like sa- saving home runs like off the wall, and like hitting home runs and bottom of the ninth.
1: So it's gonna be sad to see him go because he had a lot of good memories. But in year, 17 not 17 year. My gosh. 17 million one year to the Cubs. He's not going to win a single thing with the Cubs are going to suck. <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm surprised they're spending that much money. I didn't so know why because he was start. kind of de- honestly, like, he didn't have a great year last year. Yeah, like he had he was decent, but it wasn't like he's not in his prime anymore. No, so they're spending a lot of money on him.
1: Yeah, that was the thing with Yelich is that everyone's like, who's better, Yelich or Bellinger? And then they both kind of fell off the map. Yep. Like simultaneously. Yeah. Um, I always kind of get annoyed listening to the Brewers like the Wall Street, not Wall Street Journal, uh, Milwaukee Journal Sentinel <laughs> podcast about this. There's one guy, I swear, he clearly like has been covering the Brewers for I don't know how many years, but he still totally forgets that it's a small market team. Right. <laughs> he keeps on throwing out these like irrationally not going to happen in like, the market. Getting the, the other reporter. Judge? Yeah. <laughs> he didn't really. Well, he once joked about it, but there was like. He's like, so can't the Brewers just get a top ten free agent? I'm like, no, because they spent the top ten free agent money on Yelich for yes. the next nine years, and yep. that, like, he's like, he was like, it just doesn't seem like there's just like a really impact bat, and they just don't want to add it. It's like because that impact <laughs> bat dude is supposed to be Yelich, yep. and he's at best and above average player right now at that, and so this is like, yep. He just always has these like ideas that he tosses, them. and the other reporter pulls him in. I'm just like, dude, like, well, I mean, I, it's just that the it's just, why can't I'm you print money? Questions. I'm just asking questions, you know. Like, <laughs> yeah, maybe, right. You know, Mark Antanasio,
2: Judge. Yeah, I mean, just asking hey questions. Hey man, if the Fed, if the Fed can just print money, why can't the Brewers just print money and go pay? Yeah. Go pick up Aaron Judge so he can
1: hit home runs for you guys. I, I mean, just, I, I just I don't see the issue. <laughs> Come on, it's, it's a lovely place of the part of the country. Aaron yeah, Judge exactly. would love to be in Milwaukee for the rest. Of the day. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not going to. Nothing is Milwaukee.
2: Anymore. No, I, I saw a Blue Check Sports Beat writer uh announce that. Judge had gotten signed by the, or he got picked up (laughs) by the Giants. I saw that. What was that, John? Whatever (laughs) his name was. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) like (laughs) it hasn't happened yet. So maybe it will
1: happen by the time we're done with this. But that's true. No, it was something like he said. Aaron Judge is going to the Giants. And then it was the next tweet was like, just checked in as it, the giants are like, have no idea what I'm talking about. It's like, you maybe you might want to check that out dude, yeah. before you set New York city into like violent riots. <laughs> right. And like the Bronx, just the Bronx are burning. Down. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Like maybe you might have a fiduciary like responsibility yourself, not to get sued by everyone in the Bronx. That's right. Like hey man, if people like, can get fake,
2: cards, people can get sued for, fake news I think uh that, that <laughs> must be like,
1: false surprise console <laughs> <Yeah, it is. laughs> fake news right here <laughs> yes um, notice on your account John Heyman <laughs> um you got money
2: but yeah so that's about it
1: on the baseball side no isn't
2: Trey Turner's gone also oh yeah, yeah. It sure
1: it's is gonna gone. be sad it's okay. Party's over, but we'll we'll come back. It'll be it'll be is just do you think Justin Turner's gonna come back? It's like thirty-eight. Cause... I was gonna say he's pretty old. I I mean even if he does come back, they, I don't know what his impact's gonna be.
2: Um nah they have to rebuild. They might have to I don't know. I, I think they're gonna have to start entering kind of into a rebuilding scenario and they have to, I think, kind of think about their um their manager and just like Think about what they do because i think they've gotten to a point where like they're good but not good enough to win a world series anymore mm-hmm. kind of thing where they they need to kind of like reevaluate how they can get over that
1: hump again yeah there was um i was listening to john boy media their podcast a little bit on his was biking this morning um, yeah and so the phillies just are spending like what is it it's going to be like 20 30 something it's 11 years Okay. So I'm bad at math. So it's gonna be like what twenty? I don't know what's twenty three times eleven, 11. Twenty three plus eleven is thirty four. Yeah. Thirty four. So it's gonna be twenty thirty four. Yeah. By the time that deal is over, and it's like that's so far off in the distance. It's just like yeah. screw it. Who cares? Who cares what the Phillies look like in twenty? You know. Right. Thirty four. <laughs> Um, Who knows if we'll be here in 2034. Yeah, I know (laughs) exactly. What does it matter at this point? Um, He he made the point that a really good part of a GM is actually convincing the owner to spend money. Yes. And I was like, that's actually a really good point. That one of the good things, the good GM is going to be able to spend, get the guy to spend money and the brewers just aren't ever going to spend money. No. We got that Midwest Milwaukee... uh, Yeah. Yep. <laughs> oh, yeah. yep. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> um. I mean, they they try to. I think they try. What I think they try to do, and they somewhat successful, is essentially be like the Tampa Bay Rays in the Midwest. Yeah. Just yep. Like, gonna hold this thing together with duct tape and get into the playoffs and hope things get hot. And yeah, And which it does sometimes for them. I mean, yeah. for sure. Like the Rays doing- are a pretty good contender for being in the um AL East. Yep. Like surprisingly, like yeah. Yeah. Yep. that's the way baseball goes yeah that's the baseball goes but anyway, <laughs> you think warnock wins tonight we, uh, let's more, was... we should not make any more political predictions no. <laughs> after the last one we should just like yeah, we should just was... pack it up <laughs> should, so, so but like but like cocaine um yeah. it's a little yeah, trade right.
2: <laughs> it's my wife and i uh so I'm looking at the returns right now. Warnock's got a pretty healthy lead, but yeah. it, I,
1: I'm sure it's still early. Um, now, the question is, did they count the mail-in votes before?
2: Yeah, I think they did. Okay. I think most of this is going to be uh, mail-in. I, from what I understand, I think what we're looking at is a lot of early uh, votes. Mm-hmm. I don't think these are our final. Yeah, or like the day of, but... I think Warnock. I, I have a
1: feeling Warnock's going to win. Yeah, me too. Yeah. The next day, when Thomas and Peter woke up to the surprise victory, well, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? like, why did we get this wrong? But man, uh, um, funny.
2: but uh, yeah. So we've got that going on. Um, uh, protests in China. Oh yeah, what do you make of that? It's very interesting. I don't know. Well, it's weird. Well, so I so I was listening to, I think it was, there's a new podcast I've been listening to called Odd Lots. Mm-hmm. Um, it's by Bloomberg, and they do a lot of economics and market stuff. And they were talking to somebody who was an expert on China, and they were saying that it's like... So people are like, how is it possible that the that like all these videos are getting out when there's like Mm -hmm. the firewall and Mm -hmm. things like that. And so the question was posed, like, is this a sign that there's dissent in the party that this is being allowed to happen? And I think that there's like discon, like what this person was saying is like, there is discontent at a certain level, but Mm -hmm. not very close to Chi like no. further down in the pyramid sort of thing um because he you know he cleaned house recently like he got rid of all of his enemies
1: yeah the um, former was it the former president or premier or, yeah. or whatever you call him got like like grabbed and pulled out of like a meeting during the yes. audience thing and it's just yeah like, it's a little scary <laughs> yeah um well
2: it's also gross about apple um they're looking to like move operations out of China because of the unrest, mm-hmm. and it's like now that the people are rising up and like trying to fight for your hu- human rights, you're going to take their jobs away. It's like Tim <laughs> Cook, you are a you're a cold-hearted bastard. <laughs> I, I hadn't thought about that. Yeah, yep. so. I mean, economically, Kinda it makes gross. sense. You can't like allow your supply chain to be you know disrupted, but it's like you had no problem when it was. It's basically slave wages, but now that people are fighting for rights, you're going to take their jobs away. Oh man. Wow. It's,
1: Didn't, it's you know, genociding the Uyghurs, not a big deal. Yeah. No. doesn't impact iPhones.
2: <laughs> Gotta have your AirPods, Thomas.
1: Yeah, true.
2: Yeah. True. But, so uh yeah, we're uh some you know, just kind of typical gross stuff mm-hmm. happening.
1: Um so to I don't know talk like that Brewers repeat reporter. Do you think no. this overthrows the the Chinese government? No, 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 was they, right. no, no. The
2: Chinese government is uh, a very powerful police state, and I think she has enough power over his uh, over the palace, so to speak. And I don't think anyone's going to try and take a swing at him. Um, I think like in in Russia. The way that one way that this all ends with Ukraine is if Putin gets taken out, yeah, by somebody in the Kremlin, I could see that actually happening because that's what's happened in Russia before, and I think it's clear that they don't have as much control
1: over what's going on as the Chinese do in their mm-hmm. in their population. Did you hear this rumor that Putin fell on some steps and then shit himself?
2: <laughs> yeah I, yeah i heard that i was just like I, I saw that i you know it's all part of the the rumors that he's got like cancer um I like people trying to analyze like whenever he's on screen like they try and analyze his body language and stuff and it's like eh, i guess it's possible but yeah i also he's a he's like a master of manipulation mm-hmm. and if you wanted your enemies to think that you're weak to like coax them into you know whatever i think that that's a definitely like i wouldn't read too much into it until the guy's dead i'm not like they've been prognosticating that he was going to die for a long time Mm -hmm. so i'm not yeah um but did you see that the ukrainians hit russian air bases deep inside russia really yeah they so there's videos and the russians have confirmed this that air bases pretty deep within Russia were hit by drones. And these were like bases that they were launching some of like their bomber squadrons from and like planes that were nuclearly capable, like mm. capable of carrying nuclear weapons. And um, there were three bases that were hit by drones in the past, like 48 hours deep inside Russian territory.
1: Interesting. Yep. Interesting. Yep. So mm. that could escalate stuff. It could I think, uh, they're in,
2: we're in for, I don't know, it's uh, like thinking about end game kind of stuff. They, they were saying that both Biden and Putin have said that they're open to negotiating, Mm -hmm. but Putin has, pardon me, um, the, um, most recent thing I've heard him from him say is, uh, The terms are that the West has to recognize the annexation of like Kyrgyzstan and like those other like little Mm -hmm. regions.
1: But the issue, the only reason why though, like so the issue, like I understand, like a scenario in which Ukraine could accept those terms, but it would only be based off of them being joint, like part of NATO.
2: Yep, that's right.
1: Like that feels like that's a decent trade-off at that point. Cut your losses you they get Crimea parts of those part whatever yeah and then boom
2: and then you're under the American nuclear umbrella if you do anything like
1: yeah yeah that would seem to be but I just like I don't see I like I think it would be utterly ludicrous for the Ukrainians to make a deal without that yes 100 percent yeah because then you're just then you're just saying then Putin's like okay I killed how many people how many people died so what let's just do it again right five years from now or something like there's no guarantee that it would ever happen again because that was already promised in the 90s that's right (laughs) right that uh when ukraine gave up its nukes both russia and the u.s agreed to to its territorial integrity which didn't last so no so yeah i'd say uh
2: that's a good point i could see yeah that being on the table where ukraine becomes part of the european union becomes part of nato fully in the western protection but russia gets those like little eastern Mm -hmm. um now i i mean i think today you ask Zelensky if those are good terms i think he says no because he feels like he's winning yeah to a certain extent and so why give up at this point i think the thing you could say is well because there's that nuclear threat yeah but he's certainly I think he feels probably pretty emboldened. So I don't know if he's really thinking, let's go to the negotiating table. Mm. But
1: have you heard about the fighting they're doing at that place, the city called Bakhmut. I think it's, I forget exactly. No, maybe it's not Bakhmut. It's somewhere on the Eastern side. Well, obviously it's all on the Eastern side, but it's kind of in the middle. And no, I
2: don't think I've read too much about it. What's going on so, there.
1: It's interesting. This is just from videos I was watching. It doesn't seem to be a strategically important place. Okay. But the Russians are sending some of their best units. They're sending a lot of Wagner groups there. And the Ukrainians keep on saying it doesn't really matter, but they're also amassing troops there as well. Okay. So it's this weird, and they're like, even the US intelligence is confused as to why Putin wants it so bad and why the Ukrainians are defending it so bad because it doesn't. And there's just a bunch of, there might be a nuclear plant there. It might be a key Mm. logistical hub, like nobody's really sure. But they're essentially, it was pictures I saw and it was the trenches they're using there and all the water and the mud that's bat, like, built up. And then they had a picture from Poshkindale in World yeah. War One. And it was like the exact same thing, except the equipment looked different. Oh my gosh. And it was just, it was insane. It was this whole list of pictures of between World War One and the muddy season right now in Ukraine. Yep. Dude, it just scarily looked the same. Like they're wearing more body armor thank god <laughs> like yeah that's, right that's the main difference and other than that it's just like it's pictures like tanks caught in the mud like yeah. destroyed world war one ukraine yep. Russell war like down the list every single thing that you could think of as like the nightmare of world war one is like playing out again there so i also think this has to do like a little bit with the situation that just, tanks just aren't as powerful no, nope. because you have so many different small light arm—not light arms, but you get what I'm saying. Yep. Like,
2: oh yeah. Are, you can. Uh, I watched a video today about those uh, drones that the Turkish government sold to Ukraine, mm-hmm. like tanks. I think by and large are going to be not entirely obsolete, but they're going to have to rethink yeah. their usefulness. Um, how? Like, essentially, they're almost like mobile. What I've seen like different like the russians do is they'll essentially like dig a giant hole in the ground and like cover it and then like the tank can like go in and out so they can still be hidden but it's that's essentially just like a mobile like sentry gun that you can like move around it's not the like commanding like battle tank of the of the of the field right because you're way too exposed yeah um it's not like world war ii where you have masses of tanks just in even even Gulf even the Gulf War where like the US just rolled like hundreds of tanks through Iraq, yeah, like with total impunity because like nothing was going to like stop them. Um there were more uh friendly fire just destroying like US planes destroying US tanks because our system of enemy identification wasn't very good at the time. Uh, we destroyed more of our tanks than the Iraqis destroyed of our tanks. Which is this the first or the
1: second Gulf War? First Gulf War. Yeah. Wow. That's insane. Yeah. yeah. That's crazy.
2: Yep. So yeah, it's going to be interesting. Uh the uh well, it's interesting that they're like, yeah, that they're moving to this town. I don't know, maybe there's like a is there like a, an old king or something buried there, or something like is there something symbolic about that town or I a have monastery, no idea. like a orthodox yeah. monastery?
1: Maybe. Uh, i don't know but that's just where i was watching different people talking about like this is where they're all massing and there's a like a huge fight going on here for like absolutely they're not 100 sure um the other interesting thing is the onset of winter over there um one guy and this is a guy who's more pro-ukrainian Made the point that this is going to be devastating for Russia, and again, I do get a little bit sick and tired when you have like every single news articles popping up It's just like, oh, the Russian income. You're just like, okay, we get it, dude. Like, I don't, I don't like the Russian side on this either. But like, you're, you're just kind of spiking the football a little too hard for my taste. Like, you're yeah. not taking this seriously, um, and you're just overplaying. you it feels propagandized, is what yep. I'm saying. Um, but this guy made this really interesting point that everyone's talking about. Oh, winter Russians are going to do so much better in the winter because you know the Russian winter. Ha Napoleon, uh, the Germans in World War II. Not by the way, World War One. Like everyone yeah. kind of forgets that. Not World War One. Right. Like the, the winter didn't jack in for the Russians in World War One. But the guy made the point of like, it's going to be bad for Russia in the winter because you have a bunch of conscripts hanging around. They're freezing. They don't have a lot of good equipment. They don't have a lot of good winter clothing. Start up a fire. Have a little fire going. Drone. How many? Oh yeah. Boom. Easy target. Yep. Nail. And I just like, wow, that's that's going to get bad.
2: Yep. And I think you know, if you so for that reason, you have a very you know conscript army, ill-equipped. Um, mm-hmm. but the reason why the, the winters were good for mm-hmm. the Russians during Napoleon and World War II is because they were defending. You yeah. want to be on the defense, and I think you want to be on the defense in a winter because mm-hmm. you have easy access to your supply lines. Mm-hmm. You're not having to move as much. You can, like, the Russians, the Ukrainians are fine to dig in, because mm-hmm. their their stuff's to their their homelands to their back, and as long as they keep the Russians in front of them, they're mm-hmm. doing fine. The longer mm-hmm. the Russians sit there and expend everything, that all their money and food and all of that, the worse it is for them. So you don't want to be on the offensive and get bogged down.
1: Yep. Uh, and the other thing that this guy, the other point this guy made is that there's a lot of Russian veterans from World War II. Who said you know like the typical typical one of um, Leningrad? You always get yeah. Leningrad and Stalingrad mixed up, but Leningrad in the north, you know, Saint Petersburg. Yep. And a lot of veterans made the point that if you weren't wearing American or British boots that they had like donated, Stalin, or yeah, or, or yeah, or given off, yeah. if you didn't have those types of boots, you lost toes from hypothermia. Yep. So you can even still make the point that, like, yeah, you even didn't. in world war ii where this the stereotypical russian winter helps them out it probably also didn't in many situations and it was fortuitous that they had american and british supplies for that
2: and yeah i i think and to obviously yeah yeah you can say the winter is not a good time to invade russia but beyond that there were also many other factors at play Mm -hmm. in those like the 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 nazi like obsession with stalingrad yeah like, that was really not too bright and then like and okay, letting Napoli. the italians
1: protect your flanks <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs>
2: um, and then you had the um i mean if you look at napoleon's like was it saint petersburg that they burned down when he got there was that the city that he made it to and they just burned no it's
1: moscow uh, they burned moscow Napoleon, right it was moscow, That's right yeah
2: like, I guess if you consider that a victory, I mean, I don't know. I mean, like, yeah, you won in the long run, but you also burned your city down. I mean, you like, left most of your men to die. So you Left most of your men to die, and you burned down your city in the process. Like, not saying you shouldn't do it to protect yourself from Napoleon, but like, how are you defining victory here? Is no, yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah, 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 yeah,
1: yeah. I don't know. So, let's see. Also, I was watching this other other video. Um, from all my CIA sources. Wow, <laughs> my CIA okay. backed uh, NATO affiliates. Yeah. Um Finland joining NATO is actually a much bigger issue than I previously thought. Oh. Um, and it outlaid it laid it out because there's only one highway that connects St. Petersburg to the Kola Peninsula.
2: Okay. Which yeah. is that
1: peninsula is kind of like and it's the main so the issue is is that now for a Russian ship to leave St. Petersburg and to get to the Atlantic, you have to travel through its essentially NATO-dominated water because of yeah. Sweden, the you know the Baltics, and now Finland. Yeah. So now you have that all hanging out there. Yeah. The other option is then the Kola Peninsula, which is kind of that weird. It almost looks like the inverse kind of of the peninsula on the side, right? And that's where most of the Russian subs hang out and that's where they they leave. And that's the only port in Russia that's clear 365 days of the year. it's only supplied by one highway that's not that far away from the Finland Finnish border. Yeah. I so guy made the point there's a full on conflict. You send in special forces teams like both American and Finnish to cut that supply right supply route. <laughs> All of a sudden, you've kneecapped a lot of their submarine capabilities. Wow. And I was just looking at them like, the, that in and of itself, even if Putin comes out with something of a victory yep. from Ukraine, that in and of itself of getting Finland and Sweden into NATO, yep, in the way this guy described it is like, this is a really bad situation for the Russians to be in. Yeah. That both of those countries that are... Typically neutral, now are part of NATO. Now the guy also did make the point that they might take a similar approach to the way um, to the way Norway did. Norway. yeah, yeah, which is where Norway is—you know—one of the founding members of, of of you know of NATO, and probably actually the only country at that time who really bordered the USSR because yeah. there's that little tiny strip of land up way north in the Arctic. Sit- Circle where the only mm-hmm. thing passing through are like polar bears and Santa Claus yeah. and Eskimos or something. And Eskimos right. would have been, no, never mind. Whatever. A lot of cold, a lot of whatever. Yeah, <laughs> um, a lot of ice. <laughs> yeah. A lot of ice. Um, and the point was like, because of that, like Norway was part of NATO, but it also didn't really station international troops there. Yep. It's part of NATO, but it was also, they also were going to take care of themselves kind of thing. Yeah. And people have speculated that Sweden and Finland, which would make sense are going to take a similar approach so it's not like you're going to start having the americans massing troops on the finnish border just to like literally just to, for the sake of poking the bear like come on man yeah let's just jump jo- like a the zoo you know in delaware it'd be a bear we'd poke it just build we're a giant not, marine
2: base it. like <laughs> <Exactly>.
1: <laughs> we're, we're moving right everything from you know whatever yeah moving, uh, training facilities here <laughs> oh man
2: um that is interesting. Now, what are your take? So you've seen that Turkey's been holding this up, right? The Yeah. And they're doing it because they, the I, I should probably have the details a little bit better. Like
1: about the I thought it was about the Kurds.
2: It's about the Kurds. And there's also like a trade embargo or a weapons embargo um, involved. So it's Turkey continues to hold this up. So what do you think? Do you think they get it done?
1: I think you have to get it done. If At least from what yeah. this video explained, Finland has such a strategic position that it puts yeah, yeah. just an absolute death gla- grasp on Russia's ability to wage war against yep. the West that I think the Americans, they find someone who's not hopped on drugs like the president and they sit Erdogan down. And they're just like, no, we're getting this done and you're approving it. you're, you're just, you're, and there's going to be, and the Kurds will get like destroyed again, but like, come on, like they should expect it at this point. That's what you get for allying with the Americans. If you're the Kurds, you get steamrolled. (laughs) I mean, it's, it's sad really. When you think about it, like, you're just like, you're the Kurds, the Americans betray you. It's just what we do. It's really, it's really too bad. It's really, it's really ugly. So, all right, well, like we couldn't have carved out a a kurdish state for them or something like right when the whole country of iraq is falling apart we couldn't just be like okay well for our allies maybe you deserve this well i think it was turkey who was probably holding that up exactly no we can't this is this is what it kills me about turkey like they kind of suck turkey kind of sucks they do just, you know, all the other Middle East gets broken up after the Ottoman Empire, but we just can't take care of it. Yeah. <laughs> couldn't, have, couldn't have given Istanbul back to the Greeks. Yeah, no, oh, we, gosh. we couldn't have done that. We couldn't have, you know, this is you know, for all the historians that Woodrow Wilson employed he didn't <laughs> include any Byzantinists. Like, that was his issue. <laughs> he, he needed European one good Byzantinist in like, there. Masters. He didn't yeah. do any Byzantinists, so we're just like, no, we need to reveal the prophecy of the priests coming out of the west wall of the High Sophia or continue the liturgy. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's what we need. But yeah, so just like, ah, just start...
2: who would have been a good like? They would have needed to find some like uh, descendant of like the last Basalius or
1: like I don't know. Um... Constantius or Constantine, yeah, other guy like they, they need to find some
2: Greek who can trace their lineage back. And they don't it. even
1: need it. The whole Byzantine Empire history is like some Praetorian Guard dude stabbing and blinding the former emperor and then taking over and saying, "I'm the August Emperor of the Romans." It's like, right. No, you're not. You're literally some. Peasant from Illyricum who like worked his way up the ranks, <laughs> the to, yeah, and realized how to stab someone from behind. That's all you are, but now, yes, you are in the line of the Caesars. Take the crown as you desire. So, like, like literally, find any capable Greek general and be like, yeah, in the Byzantine tradition. You are now the next Roman emperor. Like, that just do that. So, what does it oh matter? Oh my gosh, the uh
2: I've seen some pretty funny memes about how like. The Praetorian Guards only job was to protect the Roman Emperors, but they were the large like they were the biggest risk to the Roman Emperors <laughs> as well. Like like they've like the ones killing them the most. <laughs> um, uh oh, yeah. Wow. Um have you ever seen that uh just talking about wearing the crown of ancient empires? Um, have you ever seen that picture of the US soldier wearing the Holy Roman Empire crown
1: no, during World, World War II? War. It anyway, have of course, it was, of course, it was during World War Two.
2: Yeah, so American GI, they're like, I, I forget where they were. Was it Aachen? Um, may have been in Aachen. Like they were, they came across like a, a Nazi treasure trove, like that they had stashed a bunch of European treasure in. And there's this picture of an American GI. He's got like, you know, he's wearing his, you know, fatigues, and he's got a cigarette, and he's wearing Charlemagne's crown, <laughs> <laughs> like. <laughs> and it's like you know it's such a like it's such a great picture and you could like draw so many like just this oh no i don't gosh. know i don't know where this guy's from you can imagine just like this guy from new york like wearing the yeah he's
1: like literally from the bronx and he's probably drunk
2: he's probably drunk and like but he is a liberating army for europe and <laughs>
1: Oh, wow. my gosh. This is hilarious. And he's got his 1911 on his like yes. side holster and everything. Yep. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I just found a picture of him on Facebook. Oh, really? Or yeah, it's him older. Now, let me look this up. I really would like to know who this guy is. It's like... Uh, no, it's not saying anything. Oh, well. Yeah. yeah. Play, play. Yeah, this guy dude literally looks like his the main thing he did before this was like run a deli in somewhere in the Bronx. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like that that was probably his claim to fame, and he ran his like little corner store. And yep. he's like, I'm put this crown on. Yep. And now he's got oh
2: my, it's a beautiful crown. I mean yeah, like, but it's really one of it's one of the cooler photos from the war because they really just is not like he didn't steal it. Like, it's not like he took it back with him and is like, you know, mm-hmm. hiding it. Like,
1: yeah, but
2: it is just kind of an interesting little snapshot of like Europe meeting the new world kind of as a mm-hmm. liberating army, mm-hmm. like the the new world, America coming to Europe as a liberating army. And yeah. they're like wearing the crown of like the guy who founded Europe, essentially. <laughs> like,
1: uh, and it's also just like the it show it's just like the utter confusion yes of the war and just yeah. priceless artifacts that soldiers yes. toss them on oh my gosh yeah
2: I mean how many Um, there was one I don't know if it made it over here during World War II but I believe it did there was a mosa- like there was a, a table in New York and it, there was a mosaic on it turned mm. out the mosaic was from a, a a boat I think it was it was either Augustus or Mark Antony like it was one of those two Mm-hmm. and it was like one of their boats and it was a mosaic that had been on one of their boats and it made its way to new york and it was sitting in somebody's apartment mm-hmm. Priceless artifact from you know ancient rome wow. <laughs> like
1: that's, yep. that's insane of course the italians got it back but you know it's yeah, it does, yeah. it it's also funny like there's a lot of medieval manuscripts that got grabbed really So yeah i'm putting a private collections in the u.s where it's like probably some grandma somewhere in like boston who doesn't know what she has but she's got this old thing and her son who's like piss drunk mad that the 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 socks lost yeah exactly grandma what you got this old thing for (laughs) well i can't even read it what does it say i don't care i don't give a shit get just toss it like some like it's like one of the like Two sources we have for like whatever, They're They're right? Yeah like, yeah, like I'll get rid of this. Like this, is, did did great grandpa bring us back? With what piece of shit? Like
2: <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. talking about love all history. Of Toy, just give it to a museum. <laughs> Thomas, talking about history, mm-hmm. you mentioned something to me the other day mm-hmm. about the angelic doctor and where his mortal remains. Were yeah, played. I heard. Where, from- where are they again? Where, where did okay. you say?
1: Jacobin or like some sort of heretical church. Aquinas is buried somewhere in Toulouse, in in France. I wouldn't go to France, but because France is in France. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, um, where is so? Was it a Catholic church that got taken over by the Jacobins? I mean, I I assume that has to be the case. I I think it has to be. It's called the Church of the. It's a deconsecrated Roman Catholic church located in Toulouse, France. It was starting. So 12. why don't we ex? Why don't we get his body into a consecrated grave? In it, technically, probably is consecrated. Oh, the grave is probably. Still I out. mean, probably. Yeah, yeah, I would assume they would. They would probably consecrate it. But but how
2: does the church allow him to remain in kind of a nondescript French
1: non church? I don't know. No idea. No idea. I'm actually looking. It's a, a Jesuit plot. Now. It's an anti-Dominican. The Franciscans and the Jesuits got together. <laughs> yeah, they're like, no, we can't, we can't put this guy. We can't create a, a cathedral for him. So, okay, so it was a Dominican church, and following the French oh, Revolution okay. in 1789, the Dominican order was banned, and the friars forced to leave. In 1804, the conventional complex, including the church, became the property of the city of Toulouse. And in 1810, the Emperor Napoleon. Uh, requisitioned the church and converted into a barracks. Of course, that's what he did. What he did. Everything floors were installed to create upper stories for dormitories, were stable, and an armory during the period. Yeah, 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 yeah. The medieval period, or the stained glass one was destroyed, and the medieval paintings in the choir were painted over with whitewash. Man, the French Revolution sucked. It really did. It really did. Citizens who were appalled at the destruction succeeded in 1861 and con- were convinced the army to move to new barracks. The 16 years, this, the building housed an exhibition of arts and industries served as several periods of rest of restoration. We're taking the 20th century. The floors were removed because they had divided the church up into different floors. Uh, they unblocked the windows in 1923, and between fifth, 1953 and 1963, the chapels were reconstructed. And they finally, yeah. So today, the building functions as a museum. So it's technically a museum now, owned by the French government. That's like you, know, you st- want to talk st- about reparations? Yeah, <laughs> like the legitimate question. Like, can can the Dominicans have their church back? <laughs> you know, yeah. At, at know, the very right.
2: least, can like the like. Some can some Italian Dominicans like, yeah, bury him back in. I I, I am blanking on where he's. Where, Aquino uh,
1: where, Thomas Aquino, so he's from Aquino. Yeah,
2: can like some Dominicans Aquino, France, like, from like
1: Southern Italy, I should say. Yeah, he's can one of your him? kind.
2: Yeah, Southern Italy. <laughs> yeah they're my paisan um. exactly it's like how did you hold yourself together
1: to write something so structured dude <laughs> like he honestly, was a unique man <laughs> like you're from southern italy none of yep. this makes sense that's right it's the miracle <laughs> oh.
2: the stories of him like writing multiple manuscripts at a time
1: through his like scribes and yeah or just, just lay he sometimes when he couldn't figure something out he'd lay on the ground Yeah, on like a cold stone ground, and just lay on it, and then like go into a trance, and then finally figure it out. It's like, it's not like I haven't not been there sometimes with the dissertation. It's not like I've just been sitting there, just like, what am I doing? Like, what am I doing? Like, what? would This is the weird thing. Maybe we could talk about this a little bit. And this is a question I've had for a while. Where the heck does inspiration come from? Where the heck is it that sometimes you can stare at something for hours? And yep. nothing happens. Yep. And then out of the blue, something will click. So yep. I'll give you an example. Reading like a medieval prophecy. I've stared at this prophecy a bunch of times. Maybe not like a billion times, but a few many times. Yeah. And like, okay, what's going on? Some of it's like the eagle will attack, will like make its nest in Cremona. and You're like, okay, that's right. because Frederick II had his base of operations in Cremona. Right. And there's one who is like, is like, blood will be outpouring and it'll be done by the Spanish. Okay. And I haven't spent a whole lot of time thinking about it, but i always write like, what is the overflowing of blood because of the Spanish? Like, yeah. What does this refer to here? And then it just clicked. Suddenly I'm like, oh, it's, it's got to be the Spanish Vespers. When the Aragonese kings come in and overthrow the French monarchs of Southern Italy. Right. That's probably what it is. And then it okay. talks about them killing Lombards who may or may not have been assigned with the French or something like that. Or maybe they're just making, or maybe the the author's making a mistake and just using Lombard as a fill-in for like Italians or something. It's like, I stared at that thing. How many times? Nope. I didn't have any special knowledge other than just the general basic understanding of major events in the 13th century. How did it click sudden? Yeah. Where does inspiration come from? Tell me. Peter. That's a great question, Thomas. Yeah. Where does inspiration uh, come from? Because the idea of asking a question where does inspiration come from actually just kind of randomly hit me to yeah. So I don't I don't have an answer um off the top of my head. Obviously, I've
2: experienced it, especially mm-hmm. when it comes to like um in my in my work with business where you're like you have a problem and you're just kind of like sitting there. What ends up happening with me myself, I I Sometimes I have it when I'm sitting quietly, but it's actually kind of weird the way my brain works where I will be in the middle of a conversation and other people will be talking. Mm-hmm. Then all of a sudden I get hit by like a lightning bolt and I'm like, oh, this is what it is or this is what we can do. And it's like, it's not like I was even necessarily like and it comes in. It's like it comes out of nowhere almost like yeah, exactly like you, you're like, how did that come in my head? And it's um. I think it like I my only thought can be that like your brain is doing way more than you realize consciously that like underneath the surface of what your stream of thought is you're making millions of connections in your head like all the time and are storing things away and like you are kind of almost like when you're in that moment of like laying on the floor thinking you're almost like walking through the maze of your mind and Mm -hmm. then you stumble upon a room that has the answer to it but it was always there because you learned about it Mm -hmm. but you it wasn't like in your current stream of like thought and then you got to it and then it's so that's kind of the way i envision it but Mm -hmm. there might be another reason i that's just the way i kind of envision like the whole thing
1: Yeah, it's weird when you think about that. Your consciousness and your brain don't actually always work together in tandem. No, they don't. Like there have been how many times I have looked up Latin words and I still have to look them up again. I'm sure my subconscious somehow knows it. Yes. I'm sure my subconscious knows a lot of German words that I can't remember, a lot of Italian words that I can't remember, a lot of French words I can't remember. Oh, yeah. I know I've looked up some of these words before and it's like, look it up again. Maybe it's just because I'm stupid. But it's like, why doesn't, it's an interesting question. Then it gets into a question. Like I want to get my brother on who knows like a lot about this question about consciousness and yeah. how it, how thing, how your brain interacts with it. And I keep on telling him, like, dude, you want to come on a podcast? He's like, I don't really know anything about it. Like uh, all you're doing is reading like journal articles on neurological science. And you don't <laughs> want to come on the podcast. And he's like, oh, right. I don't really know any of it. I'm just like some person does patents. I'm like, yeah. Like we know anything. Right. right. Like, like, yeah. We're like, we're That's what a podcast is. Right. Like exactly. this is our specialty. Yes. Come on, man. No more than us. Um, but you certainly do. You're just like, there's a really weird something that is very connected to your brain, Yep. but still isn't your brain because your brain has a bunch of information that it won't give you all the time. And it's really yes. frustrating. Again, think... when, like the lightning bolt hits, it can hit, it can hit when you're driving. Yes. When you're thinking. Yep. it can hit sometimes i've realized it hits when i'm listening to 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 dubstep yeah i don't even know why that works that's like yep. the most monotonously weird shit ever why does that yep. sometimes help my brain think i don't know i magic it
2: it, see, it feels like magic and i just think that the i i remember um reading about the monks the the european monks and their process for memorization mhm And they had a process. I'm going to butcher it, but essentially, I
1: I know what you're saying. So continue on. And I can go ahead. Yep.
2: Essentially, they had a process. And if you know what it was, I'd rather you kind of
1: it's so it's different rooms. You create like a castle in your head. Right. And you deposit the information that you read. Yeah. You deposit it in the different rooms right and because you have a mental like building mapped out in your head yeah that makes it easier like as a almost as like a video game yeah you go withdrawing into your mind walking into it yeah and accessing the information and this is the weird thing i think i really do think that like if people who like to come to who technology is making us stupid. <laughs> and usually they just mean my like uncle posted something on Facebook. I don't right. like, like that's really what they mean. But I yeah. really think in some ways technology does make us a little bit dumber when it comes to remembering stuff. Yes. There was one, and it was, you know, apologize to women listening. All one of them. Um <laughs> Heaven knows we don't get women listening to this podcast. Not too many. If you do, yeah. if you do, thank you. Um, yes. There's one is a, you know clearly misogynistic um phrase where Solomon banning this chronicler says so-and-so was an idiot because he read like a woman and he forgot what he had read at the beginning of the sentence before he ended it and so aside from the thing of like you know disparaging women and their ability to read it's an interesting thought of like how often do you exactly remember the beginning of the sentence when you start it right yep it just—it seems like it's clearly speaking to a different way of remembering than we are when yeah. we read. Because we kind of read, I don't know, maybe in some sort of like immersive m- method. Yeah. you just kind of like you get the vibe of everything that's going on. Like how many times you like, I'll read a paragraph and be like, what exactly was the paragraph? Let me look again. Okay, cool. Now I got it. And yeah. I got a faint idea of what it was about. And it just doesn't seem like it's as good as it should be. It's like, ah, Solomon Ben to be like, you read like a woman. <laughs> <be> like, um. <laughs> And so really it's interesting when you think about also the fact that like, books in the Middle Ages traveled by memory. Yes. That monks could memorize books through this memory schema and then write it down later. And that's yeah. how a book could travel because the monk would have had it memorized. And just like that kind of stuff is just, yeah, technology has made us dumber because it's it's taken the necessity of remembering at a level and externalized it to like a word document to a spreadsheet to whatever. And I think this is also going to happen with language because Google translate is getting to the point where it's almost more sense to like, see what Google translate does than what you can do. Like even Clark was talking about this, that when he's giving his sermons, I should, maybe I'm giving away a little bit and he can like talk to it. He can like save himself here. Um, He's he says he puts a lot of his, his sermons into Google Translate and it comes out really close and he gets another person to look at it and they make a few corrections and that's it. away he goes. Yep. For his sermons. And it's just like I mean at this point, you also have with Google Translate where you can talk into it. Yep. And it will yep. like translate and like spit it out again. Yeah. I mean, obviously you want to be able to speak it. They say you don't have battery power, you don't have connection, etc. But it is interesting that, like, you know, we that might be the next area of knowledge that a 200 years from now, people are like the same way you don't memorize stuff as much as you do, because you can just look it up and you can just save it. That the same thing happens with language. Like, why the heck would you learn the language when you can just translate it or at least become so, fluent in it? You might also want to know the grammar of it and some of the basic structures of it. But yeah, I don't know. It's an interesting thought.
2: Does it feel like it's so interesting that this is where. So we're moving to a spot where we are. When from, you know, people. Some monks memorizing books Mm -hmm. and then most people not really being able to read them. To. A point where. Anybody can talk into a little microphone and translate it into almost any language in the world. Yeah. And, but that person doesn't actually have internally more knowledge than the medieval man who, I mean, knowledge, meaning skill at actually knowing how to translate.
1: No. Yeah. Mm
2: -hmm. Like it's just that they just have a tool that allows them to do it.
1: You've externalized. Yeah. uh, The necessary thought pattern. Yeah. Yeah. This is the, so this is the weird thing that I kind of blew some undergrads minds a little bit when I was talking to them about the move from orality to textuality in like the 10th or 11th century is that yeah. when you have an oral culture you know you you always think to yourself you know can't you just lie? Like if you're remembering where everyone's field is, can't you just lie? Can't you just say, no, the stone for my field is here and not here? Yeah. And the way I explained it to him was like, look, and I should have used this example. I'll use this example if I ever teach this again, is like, look, if you all hold the information together, the information is internal to the group. Yep. You all have a little bit of that information that you all share together. Right. If it's external on a document, that's really what can get fabricated. Yeah. In some ways, and this isn't the example I used, but I think I will use it the next time I like try to talk about this. It's a little bit like Bitcoin, where you yeah. each have a little bit of the algorithm that you all hold together in unity. Right. That's why it doesn't get corrupted. Right. Because it's an internal memory process. Right. As opposed to an external memory process, which is what the Federal Reserve fiat currency would be, that's an right. external force saying, this is what is, has worth in the same way with documents. When you make a transition from a more like oral culture yeah. that remembers things together, you're moving from orality, which is an internalized system of remembering where like land borders are, who owns what into the external thing. If I get a question in a job interview, this is how I'm answering it. (laughs) This is if they're like, What do you want to use this class on medieval communication? Because it's interesting. It's very interesting. It's it's different mental pathway. It's it's just it's it's different ways of conceptualizing how to think. Yep. And that's really freaking weird. Man. This is why forgeries in the middle ages really. I'm gonna say this is like this. see this is the this is the line that gets ripped out of context. This is why medieval forgeries really aren't that bad, <laughs> because it's it's a lot of medieval monks be like oh my gosh, we found a medieval forgery and it was actually written in the 12th century and it yeah. the monks were making no the monks were following up to a new technological system yeah and because orality had always said that they owned this part of land but now everyone's writing it down so they've got to forge it and say you know. So and so gave, and they act out like it happened in the ninth century, or the eighth yeah. century, whenever it happened. As right. opposed to just saying, "This is an oral tradition we've had for a while." They try to really translate it. It's like it's like VCR to like like DVD or something. Yeah, That's yeah. yeah. Like, Man, so
2: so Thomas, this make I'm I'm feeling sad now. Oh, that thinking about our lost humanity. And how we're all going to just become like wage slaves with Google at the top of our society.
1: And just wait until we get the neural link. Just wait until you get the like, wait until you get to the point where they can, you can actually start speaking a language via a program.
2: I'm actually feeling sad.
1: <laughs> I'm actually, <laughs> I'm actually I, I started sad. by depressing you, asking about Bellinger, and now I'm like equally depressing you because it's like learning languages will be obsolete, like in two hundred years. Sorry, just you know, to the obvious. Didn't, didn't really want this to happen, but you know, that's the way it's going to be. Yep, robots you know, shooting off rockets all over the place. <laughs> if you know, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs>
2: yeah. Um. Well, and I don't, I think that you're, we're, what we're talking about, you know, we're kind of coming at this, I wouldn't say ham-fisted, but we're just kind of spitballing. But mm-hmm. like, I was in a talk and I'm not going to give any details about person or place, but like, I was in a talk.
1: Oh, everything. No, no, <laughs> no.
2: Um, But this person was saying that they want to, and I may have talked about this on the podcast before, forgive me if I have, but they want to, to, to make, it better for university professors so that they're making a living wage and not getting priced out by these tech companies who come into their towns they want to have it so that tech companies hire or send their own employees to the universities that teach these courses and Mm -hmm. so they're essentially they're the ones running the universities and so you get like google instead of like the university training people to go work at Google, Google's like, well, we'll just cut out the
1: middleman and we'll like educate our own people. Hey, didn't we talk about this in the last episode? We might've. I kind of made this sound like this was a good idea. <laughs> yeah. For the, for the businesses. And,
2: right. And no, it is on like, okay. So like, it makes sense. Like, and so does a neural link, like people will buy that. Yeah. But if we're just thinking about like our humanity and what makes us human mm-hmm. is our ability to think. And our ability to like ask questions as individuals, and like you you start giving away these abilities and powers and agency to these tech companies. It's like it it feels very bad. I, 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 and it's not because of like, oh, I want to go back to when the University of Paris was like the most important institution in the world. It's like, Yeah, but like, but maybe, but but maybe, (laughs) you know, but it's like, why don't we like, why are we so quick to like, do away with our ability to learn language? Like, why is it? I mean, if, okay, if you want to say we're trying to solve Alzheimer's, we're trying to solve dementia. Mm -hmm. I mean, okay. Like, those are terrible things. And I think we should try and find a way to help people. But like, if our answer to it's too difficult to learn Chinese, so like, let's just give everyone a chip it like, well, I come and take it is going to be my response.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um, but wouldn't you like, also like like to be able to know Chinese? If I learn it on my own. Do you have time? It, no, but I don't I
2: don't want to learn it well th- enough that if I like like if I don't have time to learn it through my own practice, I don't want to like, I don't care enough.
0: Hmm.
2: Like I have other things that I am learning through the you know through my own like research and stuff but like i'm i don't want to learn chinese enough so or any language for that matter that enough that i'm going to give access to my brain to a tech company i i mean my my iphone's bad enough i'm not you're not putting a chip in my head <laughs> like
1: yeah fair like, enough I, <laughs> well you can hang out with the rest of the apes <laughs> i you know you fine. fine. we'll all, all do mushrooms beyond you. And <laughs> <laughs> the human
2: cyborgs oh gosh i mean does this do you not get freaked out as i do about like that stuff or am i just kind of so
1: old? i don't know like I don't want to call myself a muskite but like when you think about the fact when he makes the point that the phone the smartphone is the smartphone is revolutionary not necessarily because of its technology but because of its mobility yeah that suddenly there's a ton of things you can do and you can compute and you can figure out right yeah. there yeah. without as long as you have internet access all of a sudden boom you can like you have but Almost is it
2: you or is it the phone? He, he, like, are you becoming an extension of the phone
1: or are you still you? So, like, the question is, I'm in Italy, right? And I'm looking around and I don't know what the name of this sign is and I need to look it up real quick. Boom, I look it up on my right. phone. Sure. It, I mean, you. In, so,
2: I'm not it, opposed to having... Yeah, masks. but
1: you, you got what I'm saying? Like, how that's an yeah. interesting conundrum that you're already, like... Like, how many times do you check your phone during a day? All the time. Too many times, right? Like, way too many times. And it's like does kind of become an extension of you. And I just should like, it? should it though? Like, I, I, but then the, the question I kind of asked myself is like, isn't this just our weird effed up relationship with technology in general that it just ever since that dude started hitting rocks together, it made a fire, made a fire <laughs> that we've had connection with these tools. And now we're to the point where we're going to like get the tools to change our brain. So like Peter's just like that's it. Time travel, I'm jumping on that fire. <laughs> like, yes, I'm just like I'm, we I'm are kicking st- dirt in that fire and be like, no, <laughs> no, I want to go back. I want to be monkey. <laughs> yeah, I want to be monkey. Take me back.
2: <laughs> um, you know, like I oh man, this is something I'm so there's certain things it's like, okay, if you were to tell me, Peter, you could go tomorrow, we're gonna give you a free trip to the moon and you're gonna do it. I'd be like, hell yeah, like I'm not opposed. To technology, like yeah. I, I like humans creating things, but I think it comes down to this idea of like, okay, what, like, like why, like, do, do we really want to give up so much of our? I, I'm thinking about like the um the article about the robot cops in San Francisco.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh, like, that's right. <laughs> yeah, like, like, literally, San Francisco won't stop people from taking shits on the street, but yeah. they'll give, like, robot cops, like, lethal power or what, maybe yeah. they don't actually, but, like, yeah. You're well, just, they were like, thinking about it, apparently. Oh, my gosh. I, that makes it's a total sense. Total yeah. sense. So,
2: like, like, it's just a really, I kind of feel like I'm, I'm watching like the fall of an empire, and all you can
1: do is just sit there and cry
0: (laughs) because (laughs) we'll
1: probably die before we get to the neural link because there's no way I'm getting that thing hooked. Oh, no, no way, nope. Okay, here's the thing, not a
2: chance in
1: (laughs) anything. Okay, maybe, but Peter, what imagine going back and talking to your grandfather? Yeah. When he's 15 years old and explaining Imagine. the internet to him. Okay. Let's say you get that old how, old. how old he is. He's 93 now. Yeah. Imagine trying to explain the internet to him. And then. I mean, that's pretty crazy when you think about it. Within his yeah. lifetime to have something like the internet exist. Yeah. No, it's. I, me, let's it's say complete. you get to be 93. Yeah. What crazy shit's there going to be?
2: well but is there like okay so f- fair enough the internet is you know has provided a lot like mm-hmm. unlimited advances to human flourishing mm-hmm. communication. well in
1: some in some ways in some in ways some, not. Parts in parts not parts that aren't porn <laughs> parts that aren't porn
2: or uh supporting like violence and all the bad stuff mm-hmm. but if we're looking at The other thing that my grandfather has has seen in his lifetime is going from World War One technology to atomic bombs. Mm -hmm. And I kind of feel like we're like, yeah, like not all technology is going to be Mm -hmm. good. And you can say, well, nuclear energy to power cities. Sure. Mm -hmm. But yeah, well, as long as the greenies don't get in the way yeah exactly but i'm like it, it
1: man i don't know like but it is weird when I, you think about it like does, does, does your grandpa have a smartphone he does i mean but like think about that like if you try yeah. to explain to him like when he's like 15 to 20 that he'll have a phone yeah you'll have this thing it'll be yeah. a rectangle and you can literally look up anything you need yep. in real time and talk to
2: and you could even facetime something you could look at somebody's face yeah and talk to them in real time yeah um no it, it's true like i i i get that like we're like the the trajectory of technology is going to be really fast but i can't wait to be 90. <laughs>
1: oh my gosh <laughs> What is what i'm just kidding right. but what, it,
2: what like wouldn't it be good to just like pause and be like all right look around us and be like okay should we really be like okay what is the moral principle that is going to govern this like is are we cool with giving? Because what I'm getting to is the U.S. government, and this is not conspiracy. Oh, here we go. U.S. government has dabbled in mind control, not through mm-hmm. Neuralink's, but through um, hypnosis and other and mind altering drugs and other things like that. They've they've shown interest in this. Mm-hmm. I'm if if Neuralink is developing a chip. I'm sure the U.S. government already has something similar to it. Mm. Okay. Should we really be comfortable with things that are capable of altering people's uh, brain to the point mm. where they can be altered to just be, you know, another cog in the...
1: Mm. I don't know. So there was... um it's interesting anything with this um i don't know if it's a neurochip, chip or something it was something to do it was a black mirror episode which are always so dystopian i'm going to give it away i'm going to spoil it um i don't really care because nobody's watching the show anymore um but essentially it's this soldier and part of the issue with uh the issue of, of being a soldier for all time has been It's difficult to kill people, and we're not hardwired to want to kill people. Remember, I read this chronicle, this battle, and it's like there was a great slaughter, and between the two battles, like 500 people died or were captured. I was like, dude, that's like, that's like what three minutes at the Somme or something? Like, it's not, it's not like a great slaughter like modern standards anymore. Right? But the issue is, is like, how do you convince soldiers to kill each other or kill people? Vietnam, they change it from the circular targets that they used in world war two human shaped targets and all of a sudden the number of soldiers killing goes way up because they're desensitized and used to shooting at human shaped targets um and this program in this futuristic situation that they've uploaded to these soldiers minds is the enemies that they're looking at look like almost literal orcs yeah and that's how they see these enemies. And one of the guys gets his chip damaged and realizes that they're also just killing regular looking people. Yeah. And and so it's it's kind of interesting because it's like, what are the capabilities when you're able to augment someone's even perception of reality? Like, what are the things you can do with it? Because if you're looking at this goblin nightmarish creature, of course you're gonna be it's like thing out of your nightmare. Of course you're gonna be able to pull the trigger out of fear for yourself yep um and then the end of the show is really depressing because he gives in and says he can't live with the reality of that anymore and he goes gets his chip like reinstated or something and then he gets retired and he goes to this really lovely looking house from his perspective and then the last scene is it's from the actual perspective it's this like shitty rundown, like ghetto crap crack house kind of thing And so when you think about like what the capabilities of you're really actually able to augment reality to that extent, um, it's a little scary. I mean, this this is the thing about VR because I I used VR first time in a while, while while ago for the first time. It's like, it's really cool. Yeah, it's really cool. Like I did the Anne Frank house. Mm -hmm. Um, I felt like I was in Anne Frank's. Like wow. it, I felt claustrophobic. I did not right. say anything like Justin Bieber. Like she would have been a believer if she. Had <laughs> but you know, But like I felt yeah. claustrophobic, and it felt very much like I was in a tight, consi- confined space. Yeah. Um. is was it? I believe it's Netherlands, right? Yeah. It like, Netherlands. Yeah. yeah. I believe that, that's what it looked like, and that's what it felt like. And you heard, had old style cars driving around outside that you could look out the window, and and I've seen people wearing those VR headsets, and they look like idiots. Right. And then you wear the headset yourself, and all of a sudden, it really actually, you you, you buy into the illusion hardcore. You're like, your senses really buy into it. So, but in some ways, that's really interesting. Like, I don't know how many times I've gone to Italy, and I've gone to these beautiful churches, and I thought to myself, and I'll send pictures to my parents. And they'll be like, this is so awesome. I'm like, you don't actually get how awesome this is, because you don't actually have an immersive experience of it. If they could put on a VR headset, that might be kind of cool that you could at least experience it. But you yeah, haven't
2: yeah. experienced it.
1: If you haven't experienced it, like, but no,
2: but you haven't
1: though, even in the
2: VR, you haven't.
1: No, but you've come a lot cl- but like, but what is the picture then other than a VR experience? Like a very low grade no, because you can experience. touch it's a it. very low grade VR experience. You, you can touch it and you can smell it but, and okay. you can you can have parts of the plaster fall on your head, which has happened to me <laughs> in the Duomo of Milan. But no, but like if I send you a picture of a cathedral, that's okay, mm-hmm. but putting on a VR headset isn't. No, 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 no. I, I'm not saying that the VR, even, I'm, just kidding, I'm, just... I, I'm not saying, okay well, I'm not saying
2: that the VR headset isn't good, I'm not saying that it's not good, I'm. it is a different way to experience things that you can't go and see, I'm not saying it's bad but I don't, but I will say that you still have not experienced it
1: No, of course not,
2: but it's yeah. better than a picture and it almost tricks you into thinking you're there and that's what I don't like. <laughs> I know it's like this is like this is like
1: this is the interesting
2: aspect with it, right? Yeah. There's a line in uh, Goodwill Hunting. Have you seen Goodwill Hunting? Mm-hmm. There's that scene where he's sitting on the bench. He's like, that, so Robin Williams' character is asking Matt Damon's character. It's like, I bet if I asked you about uh, about uh, uh, Michelangelo, you can. Give me every detail about the guy's life you can tell me everything he's ever made even this the rumors about his uh homosexuality but you can't tell me what it smells like inside the sistine chapel mm. um and uh and then he's like and if i ask you to tell me about shakespeare you can quote me sonnets and um tell me or no if i asked you to describe love for me you'd probably quote me shakespeare but you've never you know loved an actual person and it's like i I don't know, Thomas. I feel like if I go like if I go outside and I see all the birds in my yard and I see the sun coming through the trees, I'm connected to a reality that is made up of atoms and I can and I can interact with it in a way that is real and I'm interacting in a way with other humans and my when I die, my bones go into that ground that I'm standing on.
1: Good, you're not going to be cremated.
2: I don't intend to, unless I I die enough, like, unless I get vaporized, I I intend to, I intend to be buried, but, like, it's, like, you are disconnecting your, like, if we're, I'm not talking about VR, like, I'm going to do a VR tour of the Sistine Chapel, like, like, that's cool, it's it's gimmicky, but it's cool. Like, I'm fine with that, but, like, if we're talking, like, what you're talking about with, like, you know where your, where your people like the government is going to alter your vision of reality so that you're less likely to overthrow them. Mm. Yeah, I, I, I like I, I know I'm not saying something crazy here. I'm not alone in this, but like, For we sure. can't open that door to them. <laughs>
0: like, yeah, <laughs> can't get the chip. No, can't we
1: can't me. take the chip what <laughs> was, was the meme where it was like no I don't want to take the coronavirus vaccine the government's chipping me it's yeah. like Elon Musk I will put a literal chip in your head it's like <laughs> so you dude, so dude let's go
2: yeah I mean oh man Thomas I uh, man I just like I love this earth and everyone on it too much to want to go into a virtual reality like Yeah, that like I, I love even the hard parts of this life. Like when my knee hurts, it just reminds me of all the good things that I've had to overcome Mm -hmm. when I have to mow my lawn, even though it's a chore. It's like I get to experience all of this. This is amazing. When I get to be with my kids, it's the best thing in the world. It's like it's so sad that there's like a desire to escape this incredible world into one created by Mark Zuckerberg Mm. or like, have you seen this planet? There is an mm-hmm. endless amount of incredible things that you can go and see and do. Mm-hmm. Like, you can, like, there is an unlimited number of things that you can never in a lifetime see everything on this earth.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And
1: live VR pulls in the gaps. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> that's why that's the marketing campaign. Yes, that's play the marketing campaign. You upon that desire, and then you're like, and we hear it, VR experiences fill in the gaps for your busy life you're like yeah, bro, no you oh, like,
2: <laughs> like so here's the so you want to know what they're doing like i like in the most cynical way hey like, god of, they, work. they They kind of do well no what they're do, so think about this so i th- what you said was actually kind of interesting because it's like a marketing thing huh? so they are going the wrong most, work yeah you got everyone going to work and you know you don't have time to hop on a plane and go to Rome you don't have time to you know go to Australia you don't have time to like hike in Moab mm-hmm. but if you have 30 minutes in the afternoon after you get back from your office go on a quick little thing and then mm-hmm. you can feel like you did it yeah. and you're not fe- you don't have that feeling of adventure anymore cuz you've satisfied that need to go see something new mm-hmm. and you're and you're being neutered yeah like i Man, I, I just, uh,
1: yeah. And, and so, and I guess to go back to the language thing, like, would it be so much more easier if I had a pair of glasses that I put on and they could translate any language in front of me, like into English that make my life a lot easier. Sure. Yeah. But there's parts about the language. There's like, when you get really good at the language, not that I say i will ever be at that point. Yeah. But there's, there's nuance to the language and there's a flavor to the language That you only get when you actually like really understand it like there's modes of expression like because that's what the weird thing about language is it's it's many ways a mode of expression of existence um because it's it shapes how you describe the thing i remember a french professor saying like you don't understand like i see gender in different items you know I look at a chair and i think it's it's one gender i look at the wall i have another gender in my head right because it has the gendered aspect to the language that we don't yep. um yeah we thought pronouns were bad <laughs> imagine if your whole language is gendered like i don't oh, like man. oh my gosh guys like this is, yeah this is like changing i think but like um i don't know This like so much of reality is based upon how you describe it yes. i'm not going to go full social construct on this but there's definitely an element where the description of it forms the understanding and so on and so forth and that if you continue to say things in a certain way that ends up creating a reality that you want it to mirror so this is one of the things that conservatives do an awful job of is conservatives always just react to new language changes and they don't actually spearhead their own oh. that's that's the main i think that's one of the main reasons why the the right continues to lag is they do not form languages they do not form the language as they see fit. They only repeat things that the left has said. So the left calls them racist. And what do the right say? Like, no, you're the racist, right? right? right. It's like, yeah, there may be instances where it's like, you're like discriminating against Chinese people because if you're racial quotas or something at Harvard, yeah, but you're not actually taking the initiative of the description right it's like you're a fascist it's like no you guys are fascist it's like well yeah you've literally set up like a medical apartheid state Yeah, you know in for parts of europe parts of the us and then definitely in china well not definitely in china because china they just gave you the vaccine i'm sure um or whatever shitty vaccine they had actually
2: no that, that's oh really Vaccine acceptance in China is not at 100%. Interesting.
1: Okay. Yeah. Let's let's leave it at Europe where you couldn't even go to a freaking McDonald's yep. if you didn't have the green pass. Like that's yep. that is literally like authoritarian like fascism to some extent, right? Where yep. it's like the clean versus the unclean. Yeah. Except it's given an, an, an it, it, except the underlying principle is considered to be acceptable to the general educated elite where it's people will die if we don't do this, so we get to do it. Um, And that's really the thing about the right is the right just really isn't on the cutting edge with deciding how the language is going to work. Like Latinx is going to become a thing. Every single job posting I see, all in what's a history of Latin America, it says Latinx. And because you have the intelligentsia is generally overwhelming liberal, they're the ones who... Primarily F around with language the most. And so the right is always reacting. So I got to ask about that. Behind the curve on on the language aspect. So most, uh, in my experience,
2: most people who hail from that part of the world reject the Latinx thing. Now, maybe I haven't talked to enough people. Well, that's what I've heard, at least from polls, is that they don't. So
1: even with that being the case, do you think it's still... Yes, on as yes like- because you just say it enough at the highest levels. You have enough Hispanics who start making money and start going to college. Uh, that's how it's referred to. And lo and behold, that's how it ends up. Yeah, I, I how think is that it, not colonial. How is that not like theater? the most <laughs> gross colonial like? I mean, again, never underestimate the ability for some academics to not be self-aware I've mentioned this at least two or three times on the podcast, but it bears repeating where it was a really good book, The World and a Small Place in Africa. And it's about Gambia. It's a little country that's being eaten by Senegal. Yeah. This woman does a really good job of integrating this one tiny little country into global markets, into global colonial. Perfect. It's great. You understand? Like when Carter changes like something about peanuts. It changes things in Gambia because Gambia had imported peanuts and they made that their cash crop. And that causes this recession and this president loses and you're like, wow, this is really great. And then by the end, she's just like, yeah, they don't accept condoms and contraceptives enough here. And they have way too much traditional understanding of gender roles. And you're literally like, dude, that is literally colonialism. That's literally yeah. like we change it from the white man's burden to the white woman's burden, right? Yeah. To the, the Planned Parenthood burden kind of thing. It's like, how is this not colonialism? You, you literally were complaining about colonialism nine chapters out of 10. And then yeah. the 10, you went full Cecil Rhodes, okay? Yeah. Like, I, I, turn around. You're just like, yeah, they need to wear more rubbers. They don't want to, but they need to do it. It's like, dude, that's literally colonialism, my dude hate to break it to you. yeah but yeah you're just like yeah that's colonialism.
2: and uh specifically with language it's the grossest uh, we've talked about language a lot on this podcast and it'd be interesting to you know maybe do a series with like linguists or something but like we've talked about how you know when we've when you ch- when you force a group of people to change the language or, that's one of the quickest ways for them to lose our cultural identity mm-hmm. and you know, we've talked about, like, if you were to be able to speak to your great-grandparents in German or in whatever language they spoke, Mm -hmm. they would probably describe the world in German in a way that's probably a little bit different than the way you understand the world.
1: Mm, Sure,
2: Because, like you said, like, like, the way you talk, the language you use is kind of a social construct for your way of describing the world. And the German language is a very specific way of talking. I mean, it's... And so when that when that got lost on their descendants their way of viewing the world
1: yeah. was taken away it's true yeah it's it's a weird yeah it's a very weird and and the other thing is the other thing is we also don't quite realize how what english allows us to do mm-hmm. because we're we're native speakers or at least i yeah. claim to be a native speaker right <laughs> like yeah, yeah. as i fumble it um and it's interesting you don't think about like what how this like how this shapes our world when we are native speakers yeah um you know if you look at different languages you can kind of pick out weird ways of expression that you can't do in english very well yep but yeah it's it's a very it's it's almost like hearing yourself speak yeah when you hear yourself speak all of a sudden you're just like this is very odd sounding Mm -hmm. um it's kind of like the same thing Like you don't realize how this is shaping your view of the world yeah because you're a native english speaker so Mm. well mm. reject the reject it thomas i will
2: not forgive you if you take the if you take the chip <laughs> 50 years from now, I'm like 50 years from now
1: Peter, Peter, I, I, can the chip. S- I can i can sp- i can speak hindi you <laughs> can speak hindi i don't know why i turn to joe biden <laughs> <laughs> and I'm joe gonna, biden will still be alive and be like
2: I'm yeah,
0: I and i'll be drugs now
1: It'll be in the
2: old folks home and my brain will be deteriorating and up my cyborg. Up. And I'm just going to attack you. There's <laughs> <Like, laughs> some like slurring and cyborgs. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Like, yeah. So we're, uh, we've been doing good here. I, just, just, there's nothing really on. else going on. We, we went over the news. We had a little philosophical thing. We um, had an
1: existential crisis. All in a day's work at the Lamp and Liquid podcast. Yep. And if you like existential crises, is tossed on you impromptu without warning, like, and subscribe. That's right. And if share with a want. friend. Yeah.
2: Please do. Um... All right. All right, Thomas. Well,
1: well we've good. gone two weeks and we've got now two episodes, man. We are on a roll. <laughs> we're on a roll. We're getting back we're in the we're saddle. We're gonna, exactly. All right, let's get out of here. Cheers. All right.
2: Cheers.